podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Jose Mourinho special. Oh, oh, should we be talking about that? Was he a bad man? Was he a good man? What does everyone think? We'll discuss all of this, but first of all, I better introduce you to our very special guests. We have Mr. Seb Fontaine. Good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? I had a filth of a tube journey, so I'm ready for a Jose kicking. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Ah, well, this could be interesting because I think we have the love inside of that whole argument from the man who's retired because he's so wealthy and and doesn't need to do anything, never works, doesn't even shave. It is Mr. Gary Ron Harris Hayes. And I don't go to football matches anymore. Ron was going to come tonight because we thought the theme could be when loyalty and football meant something, but he was busy going to watch a movie. He didn't want to miss it. So It's really funny, actually. After the game on Saturday, I came out of the ground and there, right in front of me, walking the same way, was Ron Harris. Before it was me, didn't you? He said to Jackie, Wait, Gary's around. He, well, he, you know, uh, it should have been a win to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, he looks fitter than you. And I don't mean that in any sort yeah, of strange probably way. Kick me into Rose Ed still as well. Fitter, sexy, or fit is he? I think that is kind of the thing you wouldn't even suggest to Ron. Um, but he, he he hasn't really changed. It always makes me laugh when I see him. He just looks the same. He's the same build. He's the same everything about him, you know. So, yeah, I nearly went up and went, Ron, you really must come and meet Ron. But I didn't in the end because he was surrounded by I'll bring by my people. mouth guard when I do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try shinies. I think it'd be great if we could get Ron on, on the show. You've heard Ron uh, Ron Harris as according to Gary, haven't you? Well, Seb's the one who said it sounded like every man from the 70s. So I was <laughs> yeah, that's like, right. see, that's what I was going for. That's what I was going for. Like, perfect. <laughs> of course, yes. You saw his uh, his first ever appearance on the podcast. Um, are there any other players you do other than the ones we've heard? Many. But all, I don't think tonight is, yeah, I don't think tonight's the time. We've got to really knuckle down to the serious stuff. Okay, so where, where, where do we have to go back to? We have to go back to, well, it's the Man U game, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, were we surprised? Okay, well, let's go back to the start of it. Everything had been quite nice beforehand, you know, pre-match talks and everything. Everyone was all quite nice and relaxed. Sarri had come out with that whole thing about... It's, you know, the fans really should respect Jose for everything he's done for the club. You know, let's let's have a good game, etc. Everything, you know, set itself up nicely for that strange time kickoff. I, I don't know what you think, but I don't like those lunchtime kickoffs. What do you think? Sam? No, the atmosphere is always a bit, bit dull and a bit, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's not right. Is it? Well, everyone's hung over rather than drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it was top a top up. Yeah, it was it was a it was a funny old start to it all, and you know, I mean, would well, you we, would you have been happy? I mean, obviously, we're very happy with that last minute goal. Would you have been happy with two two if you'd been asked before? Uh, well, that's a really tough one because on the balance of their season, no. But then you know it's the kind of game that after you'd seen a little bit of heart and fight from them the week before against Newcastle, that things going to be tougher. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. 
my my overall feeling was that when we were so all over them until they equalised, we didn't capitalise. And I think that's something that's slightly worrying, and we've talked about it quite a lot. Yeah, that's is the theme that we, of the season. Though, isn't we it? have got fantastic players. We play some of the most wonderful football, and we are not scoring enough goals. There are not enough goals in that side. And we know we can come up with a defensive ricket here and there, which, you know, you only need one defensive ricket and you don't get away with it. But if you're 3-0 up, nobody takes any notice of Marco, Marcus Alonso having a nap on the floor in the six-yard box for whatever reason, which we'll come to again. Um, <laughs> the, 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 we'll, we'll talk about that, that later. Is that lunchtime kickoff? He's probably hungover for the night <laughs> yeah, before yeah, as well. Maybe, you know, maybe something. He'd eaten too many churros for breakfast too or something. Too much sangria. Who knows? No, that's that's just too sort of stereotypical. Churros is better. Um, but, you know, were we surprised at the team? Um, Kovacic came back in uh, yeah. instead of Barkley. What do, what do we think? Not surprised because he moves the ball better and when you're playing teams like United, that's what you want. And also, you know, Barkley played two internationals. Yeah. And, you know, let's not forget, Sarri is very much a player to say, you know, with, with Loftus-Cheek, you know, he rested him after he played 70 minutes on the Thursday. He's very much, there's certain players, I think he's making sure they find their feet in the way he wants them to. Yeah, I, I, I do think, though, that um, when you're playing teams like United, you know that they're going to, especially a Mourinho United, you know they're going to dig in and you need to move that ball quick. And... I don't think it's a question of Kovacic and Barkley. It should be a question of Kante and Barkley, but obviously that's a different point altogether. Um, but I just think when you, if, if it is that one position, you, you'd want Kovacic You mean to you'd play. have either or Kante or Barkley? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I think that Kovacic is a starter because, like I say, he moves the ball a lot quicker and he moves it a lot more efficiently. And you need that against these teams that are going to sit back and want to hit Barclay you on the But is Barkley more likely to score a goal? Well, he's proven that he is. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I've got to say, I said at the beginning, of, I think our first podcast of the season, although we'd signed Barkley in December, I think he was going to be one of our best signings this season as well. Yeah. Because we didn't see him. And I think he, it's going to be like a fresh signing. And I th- I'm, I'm really happy for the man. He's I'm had really a full pre-season and he might not have started at 100 miles per hour, but sometimes players don't. They, they ease their way into a season. They ease their way into a new though. system I, I'm of really, a new I'm manager. Really and. Yeah, and it, it really as well, right? You think about it, he's undergoing a complete re-education and that's not just because of Sarri, that's because of Conte, you know. Mm. He came in at, from Everton where he had always been the man. He hadn't really played for managers that had, you know, coached at the sort of level that, you know, that Chelsea are getting in with Conte and now now Sarri, you know, and the sort of player that Sarri's had on, under his um, under his remit at um, Napoli. So he's he's getting a re-education in football that sort of when you listen to his interviews he's sort of talking about anyway and that yeah. he's seeing the game in different ways and you know he's playing a, a completely different style of football and he's adapting to that and there's going to be a case of you know um, him yeah having, having to get used to it and the, the level of expectation of playing at Chelsea but you see that the penny seemed to really really drop against Southampton where he had an incredible performance Um and then I know he's been on the bench here, but he did well for England. And then he's he's come off the bench, and he's sort of done that thing that you know you want the midfielders to do. He's, he's loitering in the box and being that poacher, and that that was a poacher's goal. And actually, uh, you know, again, we sh- we should just go for the rest of the game first. But when he came on, he made a big difference, and he got stuck in. You know, he actually gave he wrestled one of them to the ground because they'd been very physical with us, and we'd lost that physical battle. 
and bringing him on, you know, he's a he's he's, he's, a, big lad. he's a tough lad, isn't he? He's a and I think he I, I think he did make a difference, and it was maybe the physicality over the inch pass inch perfect passing maybe at that point. Yeah, but also that threat in the in the final third. Yeah, um, yeah, I know he's come on for Kovacic, but. You, you know, there's not many midfielders in that Chelsea team that will find themselves in that position. I, I, He's not going to do it all the time, but yeah. to be in there, to sniff out the threat, you know, to, I d- to be I don't, in there. And... Yeah, I don't think you'd have seen Kovacic in there No, you wouldn't have, but the, the thing is, is that I think that's maybe where the imbalance is in that Chelsea midfield, is that you've got Kovacic and Jorginho playing very specified roles. And then there's Kante sort of like, mm, you know, you're Kante, so we're going to sort of just shoehorn you in here and hope for the best. And I think as time goes on, Kante will be edged out. You, That's you, just me predicting. I've got no basis for it, but I just think that if Chelsea want to develop, they need a player. I'm not saying necessarily for Barkley. They might identify another player from the youth team or in the transfer market that they want to come in and score goals because you can't have the team, the style of football Chelsea play and the team that Chelsea have and the way they set up and have it that your goals are coming from Hazard and a striker. You can't do it. You need goals from all over. Jorginho's not the goal scorer. He's not there to do that. Kovacic himself needs to chip in with goals if that move is going to become a permanent move rather than a loan. And whoever's playing there, whether it's Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, Kante, they need to be scoring goals as well. It can't be left to those front three. Um, I'll get my words mixed up here. But um, yeah, it can't be left to those those front players because then what happens is what you're seeing at Chelsea, they're not scoring enough goals. You know, Man City played Burnley at the weekend, put five past them with ease. Yeah, and that's I, what Chelsea need to do. Well, they, this is the point, isn't it? You know, we we dominated that game. For, to be honest, that first half. Oh, the the other person we should talk about is you know Giroud goes to the bench. Morata comes in. Yeah. Um, Morata for me, I thought had a pretty good game, but he <clears throat> it's just not working for him. You there, know, there, was, had, there was something. In, sorry, I'm, I know I'm talking a lot, but just on Morata. Are you ever, Gary Gabby Hayes? Um, uh, Neville made a good point, and it's something not, and it was a good point because it was a point I've made many times before. Um, it was <laughs> early. It's a good point. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> early on in the game, and Morata had made a move. See, I was watching on my phone because I was travelling into town, um, so I wasn't getting the best. Yeah, yeah, you know, we get experience. It. But um, and Neville made the point that Morata, again, you're not, no one's going to see it on TV, but he had peeled round to the back post, and he said, "William just wanted." He goes, "Look, William wants too many touches." Um, before he delivers that ball. Morata's made the move. The ball needs to go in now. And it's something like, um, if you listen to the Peter Crouch podcast on Five Live, he talks about now how he's fed up with the fact that wingers aren't wingers anymore. That What they want to do is they play on the opposite side so they can cut in and shoot. And he said, and he's killing it for strikers because they're not getting the service. He said, gone are the days when you'd get a, mm. you know, a left winger who's left-footed, go on the outside, whip it in. And they're not doing it enough. And Morata's suffering from that. I'm not saying that he would have scored the opportunity he got because we've seen that you know, he's floundered in front of goal enough this season. But he makes the move and he doesn't get the service. And for a, maybe that's part of his demeanour where he's just getting fed up. Like, look, I'm in the position here. I'm making the right moves. I'm making the runs and you're not passing to me. He's also going over way too easily. I just don't know if he's strong enough for the Premiership. Yeah, but I think that's a, that's a cultural thing. I think that it's something Drogba did. That he was always strong enough and it took him two or three years for the penny yeah. to drop. And then when it did, boom, Drogba became Drogba. But, you know, but, you know after having Drogba and Costa, I think everyone, anyone's going to look... Oh. Anyone's going to look I'd love lightweight to compared, to, compared to those two. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I hate ever doing this, but can you imagine Costa in this side? Oh, he, because we, he'd demand the ball. He'd say, give me the we, ball we, now. We would win the league. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I would win I the league. I'd be honest... With, 
I'm loving our team at the moment. I'm loving our football. I'm loving the direction we're going. Love everything. But we will not win a league with with those two strikers. Apparently, as well, Costa's feeling unloved at Madrid because <laughs> of um, Frenchy Griezmann. Oh. Um, because he's getting all the love and he feels that like he came back and the homecoming wasn't the same. So get back in there and make him come back. Going, going few, back out with the next girlfriend quite, wasn't quite the same, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, exactly. it come it, back, all is forgiven. There is no honeymoon period. I'll straight, take it that you don't do the back cooking. into the arguing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, do you but the sex it? was that good, I'll put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I mean, okay, so we, we have an issue there. Um, I also think the other thing about Ross Barkley is, for me, William didn't have his greatest game against United. He he drifted in and out. Hazard was really kicked mercilessly. I mean, he got some treatment and that sat his game down. You know, he wasn't the same player, Hazard. A couple of little moments, he looked, he looked really interesting and looked involved, but they really took care of him. Ashley Young, you know, it was interesting. Even though he got an early, uh, an early yellow, he still managed to put quite a few in. And there's one right in the penalty area down our end, yeah. which I thought was a bit naughty, but he got away he with shot, it. shot, didn't he? And then he left his foot on him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. So, you know, um, those sort of things didn't quite work out. Um, is there a question that possibly Barkley could play in that front three? Well, you heard it here first, because we were saying it if, even last season, that yeah. maybe he should play as one of the attackers. I'd like to see it tried. But seeing what he's doing in the position that he's been recently, you'd like to see him further back. And I think there's an opportunity to bring more creative players in there. But it's you know, not beyond reasonable doubt, is it, to, to give him that opportunity? Because if he's sniffing out goals in the way that he is, because you look at the two goals he scored, they've been six yard, both yeah. six-yard box, right? Yeah. Or they're, they're or thereabouts, at least. And kind of where you want your striker. Yeah, we don't get enough players in those positions. Yeah. Um, now, well, he's doing that. he's doing that classic... Midfielder run late into the box. Yeah. Now I'm sure we used to have a midfielder like that. Well, let's not compare him. No, no, I'm not. But even Giroud, I mean, you know, he's got the physical. He just doesn't seem to score enough goals. And I really like him. And I and I like what he does when he's on the pitch. But he just doesn't seem to get the ball in the net much. Yeah, but he. It's like he does a different job. He, you know, he's holding it up for Hazard and laying it off and doing all that kind of stuff, and and actually beating up the defenders a bit because he, you know, he does that. He does that well. To quote Swiss Tony, watching Giroud is like making love to a beautiful woman. <laughs> I have no okay. idea what that means. Yeah. Because we're going to leave it, you to your weird no, but, stuff. But seriously, the the foreplay of Giroud, Swiss to the Tony goal, and Chelmsford yeah, Gary. But you know the way Giroud plays football is that he is the foreplay, and Hazard is the finish. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's what he's all about. It's all sex with you in Essex, <laughs> isn't it? It really. He's he's pampas. Plants would have them outside, all the swappers. All the, all the, the key swappers. <laughs> what, dogging? What? No. Well, no, but oh. if that, if you add that to your resume. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's just yeah get back to basics with Gary Hayes and uh, his dogging ways. Gary Hayes and his dogging ways. Good Lord. Let's That's move a different on. different podcast. Yes, it is a very different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think, you know, the, the whole basis of that game, Chelsea were fantastic. And until United equalised, they, they weren't at the races. They came out second half and they physically gave us a kick in and we didn't react well, I thought. Yeah, they, they played with a lot of power. They... They broke with power. I'm not used to seeing a Chelsea team get turned over physically 
You know, we've always had quite physical team. And that's and as much as we all desire this free-flowing, lovely football with great passes, you know, you, you've got to have a team that can take a... Sarri acknowledged that. that at the end as well. Yeah, right? yeah he did. He, yeah, he absolutely. said about this that, you know, they, the, the second half was more their style of play and they're better than that, which is fair enough. But that's just a sign of the times, the way that... You know, Chelsea as a team isn't, and as a club it nice is evolving. nice to hear a manager being honest like that? But I know we're, we're leading into yeah. a bit of Mourinho bashing, but to hear that and say, well, yeah, they were better than us. I mean, that's a nice, you know, to hear some honesty from a manager. But uh, I that- mean, Mourinho, when you heard him afterwards, it was just, oh, you know, that should have been like 9-1 and we should have been crown champions, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the 45th, 45th minute. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think Sarri is a breath of fresh air. Now, whether that's because of his background with banking, you know, he's got his players on side on the whole, apart from people like Christensen who keeps piping up about how he might be off in January if he doesn't get game time, yeah. which is something I find really irritating. Um, you know, but after, on, after five games, or so, yeah, games, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, you know, but sense of entitlement is just with modern players now. So like, just get over yourself. Yeah, be a decent player, and yeah. then you might get in. You, you want to force your way into a team that hasn't lost this season? You're moaning. You know, play well in training, perform well there. When you get your chances in the cup and the Europa League, perform well there. Stop moping around. Show you got the right attitude. And then if David Luiz or Rudiger hits a dip in form, then you come in and prove the manager wrong. And there's so many games. There's, there's so years many old. injuries. There's so many yellow cards. It will come. Just chill. He's yeah. Millennials. No, exactly. Oh, I tell That's you, Gary. Tough. Ridiculous, isn't it? Mm. Youth of today. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, they, they ended up really running through us. Um, you know, there were mistakes. Defensively, we still don't have the right back four. I, I really struggle to work out what Marcos Alonso was doing, considering that eventually, once they scored, he got up and carried on. You know, where the goal was scored, Martial, there were was, there was some errors beforehand and things, and the header out, you know, Kovacic should have headed it out straight away for a corner. Then we got the, the loopy header up in the air. Then we get Martial, you know, getting the shot away after two deflections. And... If Alonso had even got on his knees, the ball would have hit him. Anything. There is nothing. And, and we've seen this a bit from our players. William does it a lot. He goes down when he decides he's got an injury and will not get up until the game has stopped or it's miles away from him. What is going on? If For me, that was one of the worst things that happened when I saw that back on TV. It beggared belief. He was down so long. He had to. He should really have insisted the trainer came on so it looked as though he actually did have an injury. What do you think? There's, there's not actually a lot you can say to that because how could you defend that? He even has a look. When you watch it back yeah. on TV, he looks. When the ball's being headed out, before it comes back in, you see him have a cheeky look and then put his head back down, hoping that the game's going to get stopped. Wait, is he not trying to do it to get the game stopped when the ball's yeah, in a dangerous probably. position? But then the referee does the right thing, doesn't he? Yes, he does, because it's proven that he's yeah. just lying and cheating. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if that happened at the other end, the fans would be incredulous. Yeah, well, they were anyway. When Marcus Rashford got that knock... And then they was Near were the they going to yeah were they going to substitute him and then he gets a trainer on he gets up starts walking off to the halfway line and, then and the ref says you're not being stand. subbed you got to go the other yeah. side mate and he gets so much stick yeah. for someone who looked as though he did actually get a bit of a knock but at the same time you know we're baying for his blood and look what happens mm. so anyway we we end up you know what I thought was magnificent was the way that we rallied you know I mean mm. I think Luis was at fault for the second goal with that 
instant yep. with Matto. It should never have gone out that far. Absolutely. It was, Which we all know he's capable of. Exactly, but that's can, what can you I get. Can I just say on that as well? What I found so surprising is that he... He rushes in on matter of all players. And I can understand if it was Martial where he's thinking, I don't want to get caught in a leg race with him because if he goes past me, I'm done. Whereas he knows he can keep Mata's probably the yeah. slowest player, even slower than Alonso on that pitch. <laughs> Yet he dives in. He yeah. panics. Whereas all he's got to do is a bit of traditional defending, slow down, jockey him down the wing, let the team get back and then someone come and double up on him, let Alonso recover. But he just dives in. That's just... That was disappointing. Yeah, it was. So anyway, you know, I mean, grand finale, you know, Barkley comes on, gets some steel back in there. Then, you know, Luis kind of makes up for his mistake with that towering header. I mean, you know, I mean, there is a case. Could we not play him up front at the moment? Because, I mean, at least he got, st- I mean, it was an amazing header. Didn't score though, did he? Eh? Didn't score though. No, he didn't. He didn't. Rudy, his partner, had. Uh, mm. Do we? What do we think of Rudiger? By the way, I think way? he's having a great season. I think he's going from strength to strength. I don't like him because he's upsetting Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, but you know, I mean that that goal. I mean that was. It was one of the few times at a game of football I thought we are not going to get back in this. We we seem to have lost all our shape. Um, Jorginho was nullified and out of the game. And everything stopped working. And then Ross came on and he got stuck in and it seemed to lift everyone around him. Um, and I think he provided the impetus. And for him to score the goal, it was like some of, I'm trying to think some of those magic moments when we scored in the last minute, you know, kind of goals. It really was a fantastic feeling. Was, do you think it was f- fair? Do you think two, two all was probably fair at the end? Ultimately, yeah. Yeah, I did as well. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't batter them when we should have. When we should have been two mm. or three nil up, we weren't. Mm. And they, to be fair, came back at us. And they have enough great individuals who will find the moments of magic. I think two that, that, was fair. I, I yeah, thought it was fair. I, I, mean, I, I think they got lucky as well. Not, not yeah. that it's not they drew because they were lucky, and that's not being you know disingenuous to them. But you see the touch of Martial for that second goal. They've tried to play it off as even on match of the day. She was like, "Oh look, way hey, look at that touch from Martial." That was short. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but if you see it... Like, can you ball, just do that again? So it was, it was Ron Harris in, in Newcastle, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you know, Alan, what did you think? Oh, wait, hey, Laker. Got a study from Greg's Lake and he touched the ball and put it in the back of the net, Lake. <laughs> right, I'm but, sorry. But seriously, we, just we all no, we have no, to take we, a break. We have then. to take a break here. I, listen, I need some water after that. I can't I cope. clear my ears out. How yes. are Yes, thank you. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And we're back. And well, luckily- Martial studs. What I was going to say is, so the ball comes in, and you see he tries to trap the ball with the sole of his foot, but it hits his studs and then pings out a bit. But then that bit of luck, actually, the miscontrol, I think it was Aspilicueta, caught him off balance, and it gave him the room to bend it in. Yeah. But obviously, you know, I thought they played well. They, they did what... I Mourinho's think it was a good, Chelsea game. I think it was a good game of football, actually. You know, I think it was an enjoyable game of football. We had our half, they had their half, and it ended two all. And then we had a little surprise at the end just well, to put the cherry on the cake, didn't okay. we? Here's, here's my take on things. Uh, Marco Yanni, or whatever his name is. Yanni, uh, I think it is. Yanni, yeah, yeah. but it's pronounced with an I and an A, is it? Yeah. Not Yanni. No? You're in an Anglo Saxon country, Kerry. Oh, you are so primitive. Come Mar- on, get your Maurizio Sarri. <laughs> yes, that's how you pronounce it in English. Sarri, 
Yeah. Yeah, how do you pronounce it in Italian? Well, I'm not going to do it in Italian. I can't do a good Italian accent without sounding <laughs> We racist. can't do any other good accents, <laughs> but you still do them. <laughs> but anyway, so he goes running across the, the Man U bench, obviously has some sort of dig, and you think, that's pretty bad. You know, I mean, when we were in the ground, we had no idea what was going on. Everyone kicked off and, you know, suddenly there's all this fluster and everyone's going, um, you know, oh, it's, it's Mourinho getting caught up in something. Oh, you know, he's this, he's that. And I just said, well, I don't think it is Mourinho who no, started something oh, because he's not. still there and he sat down Yanni, in the bench. Yanni absolutely caused all of that rupture. Yeah. And he, and he came from two rows he back. He caused all of that rupture. Mourinho got up, though, like he was having a bar fight. I mean, it was a bit ridiculous. And, and, and listen, I, you know, it was really, I, it was 100% Yanni's fault. But God, did I love seeing Mourinho's face and how pissed off he was. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, personally, I think, you know, I would say Mourinho, you know, everyone says he was entitled to do that. I actually don't no, think he was. I don't think so. If you're a boss... Your boss can't go looking for blood, you know, and yeah. and it just felt to me as though he orchestrated a moment in the fact that he knew that if he did something, yet yeah, again listen, the story becomes know, about him, you know and what, it, it was takes one away. of those twatty playground hold me back things that you did when you were like ten years old, you know, get, get all your mates to hold you back because you're because you're about to kill someone. Bollocks. See, <laughs> <laughs> so what no one's mentioned is the fashion faux pas of Yanni. With the jumper tied around his waist. I was more offended by that. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> that maybe, is... maybe that's what Jose didn't like. That's not very Chelsea. But in all, in all seriousness, though, I just think that he was within his rights to have a go at him. Nobody's within their rights, Gary. I think he's been completely goaded. He's in, he's in his not rights once, to be but angry. twice. Yeah, I know, I agree. And I mean, imagine, agree. imagine, put the shoe on the other foot. Imagine Sarri's the United manager and Jose's Chelsea manager and... Yanni, Yanni, runs past I mean, him doing that yeah. in the dugout at Old Trafford. How do Chelsea fans react then? Uh, listen, they uh, would be I, up I, in arms I, saying I think, this is I, ridiculous. I How can he behave like that? They want him banned by the FA. They want him sanctioned. They want everything. I don't think he's in, within his rights to behave like that. But I think it's completely understandable why he did. Yeah, I think, because I think he was he goaded twice by a member of the backroom staff who should know better. That should not be yeah, happening. And, and this I enjoyed it, but it should not be happening. And, and this is the thing, right? And what's that's by the by, you know? Okay, you see it, you don't, you know. That this stuff where um, I didn't, I couldn't be bothered to cause a Twitter storm earlier on this season, and it was someone who was it now? Someone stamped on a player in the box and they just said oh he wasn't looking and all that and it was identical to Costa what Costa did to Skirtle four years ago and they were oh ban him ban him and he got a four game yeah. ban and they were like it's frame by frame breakdown on Monday Night Football and because it was Costa yeah oh I stamps him Costa's looking at the ball trying to run for the ball and I forget who it was now and they, they did it and I was, I was going to tweet had that been Costa you know but I thought oh, I can't be bothered but and, and this is the thing because it's Jose yeah look he's his own worst enemy he plays he plays the victim or he plays up to it throughout the season so that when he's actually in the right this time, he gets crit. And I don't care if he's done it 90 times himself, but this but, one, this one time he's in the right. It doesn't justify no, all this stuff happening. Right. No, but, but, it, but it does lessen how you, you know, you don't feel sorry for him when you've seen him skidding on his knees in front of previous but, but, benches. But, but, but this is the point I was going to say about it, right? He's just got that, no love. When, 
when Joe, you know, everyone wants to bring up the past of like, oh, what about, you know, they're showing the, the replays of Jose running on as Inter Milan manager in 2010, celebrating at a new camp, you know, when they got to the Champions League final. And it's like, wait there, he's entitled to celebrate. Now, he's not in front of Guardiola celebrating there. Okay, he's not, you know, and then, oh, what about when he run down the touchline against United in um, 2004 when Porto knocked him and Costinha scored that goal, knocked him out of the Champions League. He wasn't goading Ferguson. He was running to celebrate with his players. Yeah, but I love that moment. But, that was a classic but, football but what, moment. What I'm saying is that, and he did, you look at what, Sarri's celebration. Sarri celebrates where he wants to go, he doesn't obviously go down to the players, but he's celebrating arms in the air and he's in front of the United bench. No one questions it. No no one raises an eyebrow because they see the manager is in the moment celebrating the moment. Iani is staring, eye contact, yeah. fist in the face twice. Yeah. That's, that's where it's wrong. And, then, and saying something to Jose, which we don't know what he said. Yeah, he yeah. Listen, there's no doubt about it. He was goaded. He was goaded. But then to, to bring up all this, and this is where Chelsea fans disappoint me, is that to bring up this stuff and have this re- revisionist history of Mourinho as a coach at Chelsea. Oh, and... He needs to apologise. He never apologised for what he said to Wenger. He never apologised for what he said to Benet. Hold up. You created chance on the terraces for what Jose said to Wenger. You revelled in what he did as Chelsea manager. You loved him for it. You sing specialist in failure to Wenger ever since Jose said it four years ago or three years ago, whenever it was, right? Now, I'm not saying that he's always held himself properly in press conferences, but the point is Chelsea fans can't go back and revise what they thought of Jose 10 years ago or four years ago when he was doing this stuff as Chelsea manager. Now, he hasn't said anything bad about the club. All he's done is reacted to a twat running in front of him and being an idiot. Now, if anything, at a time when Chelsea are trying to change the image of the club, they've got a manager in, he's playing up to the press and on his best behaviour at the moment. For that guy to go and do that and all the good stuff around Chelsea, I'm disappointed in that guy because I'm like, you know what? Listen, I can listen, see what okay, but the efforts the club are trying to achieve and then all you're doing now is you're, fu- you're fueling the pantomime around, but my, listen, around my, Jose my, and you're my, jumping my on the My dislike wagon. for Jose is him as a human being. He's, he's a bad winner. He's a bad bloody loser. He's got no manners and he doesn't tell the truth, not even to himself, right? Now, just because I know people go, and people say to me, oh, yeah, but we'll think, you know, you weren't moaning when he was at Chelsea. I was actually. I didn't like him going on those press, press releases and, and, you know, just behaving like an absolute twat. I've never, I've, you know, I've never, never, never liked that. If I go and DJ someone, I'm DJing in a club for two, three years, right? And then I behave like an absolute, see you next Tuesday. And I, you know, and I absolutely, you know, I don't say to everyone afterwards, oh yeah, but what about the three years when I was there that I was quite well behaved? Listen, yeah. behavior needs to carry on. And even on Saturday, after the match, when he's saying, oh yeah, you know, there was only one team at this game, have some respect and just say, you know what? The first half, we were shit. Chelsea were all over us. He just lies to himself. And you know what? Until he fucking grows up, until he grows up, I don't have the respect for him because I can't stand him. But, okay. but no, what, that's enough. Look, look, let, let, me, let me just say about Jose is that look, I, I understand what you're saying about the, you know he, he can't be you know um, he can't credit another team for having a good performance and all that. But that just comes down to not him as a person or whatever. That just comes down to strategy. You know, if you if you read Alex Ferguson's book, Leading. This is the stuff he talks about. And the one thing he goes on about as well is winning press conferences because they see it because this, the thing is that and where Jose maybe is a little bit dated now is that he sees himself as the manager. 
I'm the manager of this club, whereas the future of football clubs is head coach. Sarri isn't talking on behalf of Chelsea anymore. He's not the mouthpiece of Chelsea. Maybe that's where Conte let himself down as well, because he sees himself as the mouthpiece of this club. And Jose sees himself as the mouthpiece of Man United. And that's his psychology I, 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 listen, going into I his press conferences. I think there's nothing wrong with having manners. You know, in, in, in sport. But, and you know uh, what? I, I it, it does incite the fans. And you get more trouble. And you get the fans singing nastier songs. There is, there is a whole snowball effect to you behaving like an arsehole that will spread to the terraces. But, but what, what I understand about Jose is that, but then when you look at it from the perspective of where he's coming into it, Wenger did the same with the, I never saw it, I never saw it, because they don't, they, they see it as being the manager, being the mouthpiece, that they can't, you know, it's being a politician, they can't give the answer they're meant to give, because they do it, it's a weakness, and it, what it does is it dissolves that unity in the dressing room. And this is what Fergie always talks about. Win the press conference, win the press conference. Because what you do is you might not have won the game, but you've won it where it matters in the media because you can deal with the problems from the game on the training ground, but you can't deal with the problems in the press conference. I'm not even sure I agree with that because... We all watch the game. We've all got multi-angle, multi-angle TV. We know that there wasn't only one team in that whole match. We know he's a lying twat. Why, you know, why bother saying it? Why not just say, yeah, first half, they were Chelsea were all over us, but I think we got but the better. I mean, I just don't get it. It's just lies. It's bullshit. Yeah, but this is really interesting with Jose. And the, the other it, thing I'd say is. about him, though, is that because of the way he sets his teams up, you know, he, he comes in it with a, with a strategy and he, he he probably he could see it. I'm not, I'm not making excuse for him, but he could actually see it that you know our, our strategy was rope a dope that we're going to invite him on for the, get him so up and confident that we will hit him in the second half where we hang on in there and then we get what we need and we get what we want and we go on to win it and it very nearly worked for him. Now I'm not saying that you know that that's maybe giving him more praise than they deserve, but the whole point of it going back to Jose and Chelsea is that what I find and this is what I've spoken to you about, Kerry, and I, I really want to get his point across is that. What disappoints me about Chelsea fans, okay, I'm not saying Jose deserves a free pass or anything, but what you've got is a player who is constantly flirting with Real Madrid, won't sign a new contract at Chelsea, is saying, basically, I'm going next summer, whether you like it or not, I'm going. I'm not going to go and strike, but I'm going. I'm going to flirt all season with him. Yet, they'll sail his flag across the Matthew Harden stand. Yet, the guy who won everything at Chelsea, the guy who, with Abramovich's millions behind him, made Chelsea what they are today doesn't get the respect that he can't have a ruck or you know and he gets booed and so like, come on look you do realise you're booing but the legacy of the club. just because you did something good in the past, it doesn't give you a free pass no, but to behave like a wanker for the ultimate unseeable future. I, I, it just, you have to still behave like a decent human being. I, I don't think he's behaved like an arsehole towards Chelsea. I think he might do it Monday to Friday, no, he's 36 like games a season. against football. Yeah, no, but, no, I, yeah, but we support Chelsea, really we don't right. support football. I don't care what he does to Rafa Benitez, I don't care what he does to Guardiola. All I want is for him to come back to Chelsea and show some decorum. And he, he Me did too. that. And then, did that. I, then I will find my love back for the man. But he, he, but he did do that. He did it up until the 96th minute. But and you know, even quite. in the press conference before didn't where... Didn't and, then, yeah. okay. and, then, and then plan B, Last we question. sent Yanni in. Last question on this. In 20 years' time, when he's got a little walking stick and he's paraded round at half time will he get will love I push, will I will push him in front of the booed? bus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay no I want to love There's the man I want, I want to love the man again and I just want him to just be a better person Jose be a better person okay that's never gonna happen because he is stubborn because he is a narcissist but anyway. that narcissist wins trophies well yeah okay so we gotta move on very quickly because we've got two games this week 
Borisov and then Burnley. So thoughts on the Borisov game? It'll be more of the second string or will he go all out and keep on trying to play the majority of the side again? I think he wants some other players to get a chance. I think he has to now. Now the season's really kicking in, he has to change it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what's our predictions for that? These Europa League games are boring. 1-0 to Chelsea. Okay. Uh, Seb? 2-1 to Chelsea. We've still got a blip at the back. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go 4-0. Uh, Maratta <laughs> hat-trick. With a Giroud assist. With, Someone pinch Kerry. Say, pinch Kerry, please. <laughs> He's fallen asleep in front of the mic. He's daydreaming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, this is Chelsea. I think we just scared him <laughs> with our Jose talk, with our rant, yeah. <laughs> No, not at all. It was quite fun. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it because uh, it was entertaining and that's what it should be. I wish Andy was here. Oh, yes. Well, maybe he will... Where would he rip- have fell? Sorry? Where would he have fallen? Follow social media and you'll not have any doubt. (laughs) Exactly where he stands on this. Um, Yeah, exactly. So maybe Andy will tell us next week. Um, And then, of course, we've got Burnley, which is an interesting game. They got absolutely smashed, didn't they, by by City at the weekend. Which Um, means they won't get smashed by us. Exactly. It's hard to go in after somebody's had a caning sometimes. And it's at their place. Um, and we can't score lots of goals. No. Well, the, so we have to find a way to get the defence not to concede so we can win 1-0. What do you it think, worries Gary? me if they look at the United game and think it's, it's all about kicking Hazard to pieces. That... Well, it is for most teams, to yeah, be right. fair. Probably. I think this is where Chelsea lose their first game of the season. Oof. Oh, you really? are so full of misery I so. tonight. I think so. It's got to, You know what I said about the West Ham game? I said we won't win it. And, you know, it's on the back of the Europa League. It's on a Sunday. It's at the dirtiest stadium. I hate that place. <laughs> and the clocks go back on Sunday. Have some respect for Burnley, yeah. you, please. Oh, <laughs> I hate Turf Moor. It's horrible. I was there in the height of summer, and it was felt like it was bloody Christmas Day. It was so cold. Um, but, you know, the clocks go back as well. It's going to be dark, I dreary. Back this yeah. weekend. It's yeah. going to be a dark, oh. dreary day. And... Morata's not going to want to be there. You know, I just see them grinding out a horrible, horrible old football league victory. God, you've really made me God, so I was in a good mood. Yeah. I've got seasonal affective disorder. Hang Come on, we, give me a break. Should we do some wind? <laughs> Turf more. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a slightly more positive Although I don't feel it anymore. 2-0 to Chelsea. Oh, I, I'm changing my 1-0. I'm going to go 4-0 again. <laughs> what, to Burnley? After no, what I just no, said. It's just, it's just no. the yin and yang effect of your, your gloomy Turf Moor prediction. Yeah, exactly. You know, just too miserable for words. And Oh, yeah, my God. Just, it was Christmas. So it was like pain. Christmas. I hate Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Grinch. I hate Bar Christmas. humbug. It's Christmas in Burnley. I hate it. <laughs> well, on that note, we better just go and see if there's any presents left outside Turf Moor for any of us, I guess. Um, I'll leave a present. Yes. Well, yeah, that's enough of that. Thank you, um, Gary. Um, just, I've got to say one last thing is... Um, we talked about superstitions at football for your... You were doing a piece for... The Athletic. Uh, yeah, The Athletic, which everyone can pay to read. Oh, well. Um, but there you go. Um, and you asked mine. <laughs> mine were lucky wine gums. They, they, you know, we have wine gums around us and we eat them. We usually score. 
But this time it was even better. We had wine gums, and at that corner, um, I said, "You do know that Chelsea have had fifty-two corners this season without scoring." And I said, "But therefore, this, by the law of averages, means we will score from this one right now." All right, Gypsy Lee. I know. Oh, oh righteous one. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you say this, if I look into my red wine gum. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can tell. No, the ball didn't. will be coming in. Uh. We didn't have red wine gums because they're Man U colours. So right. you know, but. Uh, and then we scored and everyone went, oh, wow. But, you know, it's like if you say this stuff often enough, once in a while it will come off. But yeah, no, Normally it's when I say, I wish he'd take that player off. He's bloody rubbish. And then he normally scores. Yeah, exactly. I told you <laughs> he would do it. But anyway, so so there we go. We finally managed to break our tuck after 52 corners, which I thought was pretty good. Were you so, counting? Or was that a, it's a stat? Was that Saunders? No, 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 no. It's one that I found. Oh. So there you go. It's probably okay. the best stat we've ever had. On this podcast, 52 corners and no goal. So there you go. So there we are. That's everything we've had. We've had fun and and thrills and spills and some heated bad words and uh, some lovely methodical thinking from Gary and some marvellous passion from Seb. So from the three of us, we'd like to say good night and Merry Christmas at Burnley. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.